Righteousness and I'm spotless. Didn't earn it, but I still got it. Yeah. Not by my works. Now I'm in his church. Ain't nothing I could earn. Did it by his own. Yeah, you know I didn't deserve. Now I'm singing out. Christ clean me up. Christ clean me up. I ain't got a stain and I'm feeling brand new. I was heading to hell, I was a mess, my goodness is unworthiness, but now I'm feeling brand new, I ain't worried about a thing, he's worried now I sing, yeah, got a new mind, got a new heart, glory to God, who art, worthy of all praises, by tongue tribes and nations, he dressed us in this white robe, his righteousness we now clothe, glory to God and Christ alone, glory to God and Christ alone, yeah. Yo, 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 grace and peace, grace and peace, saints. Welcome to another episode of All Things Theology, where I'm your host, K-Dub. And today, I want to talk about a video that's been going around. I want to talk about Michael Todd, but I want to talk about Transformation Church as well. We're going to open up uh, this situation and maybe give a different perspective that many people may not even thought about or doing. But before we get into that, guys, as always, make sure you like this video subscribe to the channel if you're not and as always click the notification bell so you can be aware when i go live and drop hot fire content like this so many of you guys know about the michael todd video that's been going around i'm seeing it right disgusting right (laughs) well i want to get into that but i'm not going to play the actual video one we've seen the video we know it's out but i'm going to go through the transcript I'm going to see why. Someone says Spitgate, the wholehearted Christian. That's right, Spitgate. <laughs> no, from, from what I'm hearing is that they're um, pulling down videos uh, of people or, you know, uh, you know, give, giving them copyright infringement, right, if they play that video. So I'm not going to do that. But I am going to go through the transcript. But before I get into the transcript, Michael Todd apparently apologized. So many people will say, hey, you shouldn't even be doing this video, right? He's apologized. You know, so you should just, uh, uh, you know, back off, K-Dub. Well, let me play this apology video and we will break it down. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope you're having an amazing Monday. I just want to acknowledge uh, what happened yesterday when the spit hit the fan. I watched it back and um, it was disgusting. (laughs) Like that was gross. I want to validate everybody's feelings um, that that was a distraction to what I was really trying to do. I was really trying to make the word come alive and for people to see the story. But yesterday it got too live and I own that. And um, I just want to make sure people know that we want to help people. We want people to see Jesus. We want people to feel loved. We want people who are desperate to be able to find hope. And I'm passionate about that so much so that I try to do extreme things to help people get it. And yesterday it crossed the line. So um, 
I love you guys. I appreciate everybody that's been praying for us and sending us messages. And to anybody who just saw that three-minute clip, I really encourage you to go back and watch the whole message. There's some truth and some life in there that could potentially change your whole life. Um, when Jesus uh, spit on that man, he was blind and then he could see. Um, for my brother who I love and uh, honor so much, I just called him. He was bald before I spit on him and he's still bald today. So no miracle here. And uh, so next time I'll rethink and do something differently. I love everybody. I'm praying for everybody. And uh, Transformation Nation, thank you for writing. We're going to represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. All right, everybody have an amazing week. Peace. All right. There was his apology. <clears throat> but I still think there were some problems with that. I, you know, this 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 Michael Todd is actually a larger problem. There's a larger problem at hand. And this is where. Uh, you know, a Spurgeon has said something to the effect of like when you when you the word of God isn't enough, you have to entertain people. Right. You have to entertain them. You have to entertain the goats. That is. And I am not saying that an illustration can bring about clarity. Because, you know, it can. But if you go and watch his sermons, that's everything. The sermon is situated around the prop he can use the right. I saw I saw one sermon where he's like he's on a boat. He's on stage on a boat and water and just like swimming around in the boat. And honestly, he's like a black Joe Lowstein. Let's be honest. He <laughs> you know, he goes up there and gives his TED talk motivational speak on how to make you feel better about your life and your decisions and careers. Let's be real. Jesus is just kind of like stamped on it like. But the, I went and listened, not to the whole sermon, but much of it, at least to get the context of the viral video, right? I rewinded it five, ten minutes back just to see what he was talking about. And um, he was explaining John 9. And I was like, oh, that's where he tried to get this illusion, uh, analogy from, right? And so, guys, what I want to do right now is play some play art not play the video but go over the transcript of the video okay so starting around the 36 minute mark he says can i tell you and he like i said he's he's been expounding i use that term loosely expounding on john 9 he says can i tell you what spit on me actually means let me break it down you're going to do something to me that seems to the natural eye as degrading that's lower to me I don't do that no more. I used to work in children's ministry, right? He has always like <laughs> do the little, you know, the, the little chick thing. Like, I don't do that. You know, <laughs> anyways, but God, don't spit on me. He continues, right? Don't put me in a position that degrades. Do you know who I am? Do you know how much education I have? And yeah, someone mentions, yes, it's uh. His crazy faith series. We're going to get into a little bit of that. Just show how he <laughs> he's a misunderstanding faith. Faith is not crazy, right? Not in that sense. Continuing on with the quote. Do you know how long I've waited and been pure? Whenever you see Jesus spit on something or somebody, because there's several times in the Bible. Now, this is Jesus. Y'all don't let nobody else spit on you. I'm just saying this is Jesus. It was a it was a mode of healing people. So, <laughs> right here he goes telling people not to. Let them spit on you. Ironically, what comes about three minutes later, he does the very thing. Irony, right? Uh, nevertheless, continue on with this uh, with a quote. Let him let him put you in a position where you thought you never go to before. Let him let him put you in a position of what's not popular. Let him put you in a lower pay grade. And he's speaking as God right here. I'm just trying to see if you're humble enough to carry this miracle. God's trying to find out if you're humble enough. <laughs> We're going to return back to that thought in a second. He says, some of you in 22 have not been humble enough for the miracle you've been praying for. And like I said, this is good. Just Ted talk kind of stuff, not, you know, Bible. But anyways, he says the reason God allows them to walk out of your life is because he has to make sure you have a heart to handle the miracle now 
this was actually for me more problematic than the uh the spit his theology someone mentioned it earlier in the chat that his theology is actually way more problematic than the actual um you know the spitting and 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 I agree wholeheartedly what why so I'm gonna, I'm gonna requote this the reason God allows them to walk out and he's speaking about people to walk out of your life is because he has to make sure you have a heart to handle the miracle God is trying to hold on let me let me let me, let me think about my theology for a second think about what the Bible says um God knows what I'm gonna do before I do it so he's testing me to see if I'm gonna have a that'll make that'll make sense <laughs> biblically speaking right that that God is trying to figure out if I'm gonna be humble enough before he gives me a miracle hmm that's very interesting I mean it really makes miracles dependent upon us as a matter of fact later in the sermon he he says something to that extent that I'll only do what you allow me to do but carrying it on in the 30 39 minute 15 second mark we hear this <laughs> you know and then he goes on with some more jargon in the 40 minute mark we hear this again <laughs> and he quotes and this is where most people would not face jesus anymore what most people would do is turn away. Right? And just a reminder, guys, just in case you uh, need me to set the stage even more so. Reminder, you hear each time he spits in his hands from the crowd. The ill, the yuck, like the audience is reacting. And remember, he said like he replayed and it was like he didn't see He didn't find it as this. He, did, he re now realized he's disgusting. Dude. You have the audience literally telling you. And I think. See, in the in the age of, uh, you know. You know, uh, you know, us being afraid to to <laughs> stand our own two feet. He, he's a people pleaser at the end of the day. He knew it was disgusting when he was doing this. <laughs> there's no there's no way in his right mind. He was like, yeah, they won't find this disgusting. Nevertheless, even if he did, he had the audience. They're confirming someone says no more sounds. I beg you. <laughs> and so I'm not buying that apology of, oh, I just didn't know. You know, <laughs> you know what? Just because you guys said you don't want it so much. Let's. <laughs> One more time. OK, that's last time, I promise. All right. So going on with the quote. He says. What I'm telling you is just as he is physically standing here, knowing what's coming and he, and remind you guys, he has his brother. He well, we now know him to be his brother. If you listen to the sermon, you, he says this is his brother. He has a man up there on stage with him who is his brother. He says, what I'm telling you is just as he is physically standing here, knowing what's coming. God saying, can you physically, spiritually and emotionally be able to stand when getting the vision or receiving it might get nasty. And so he uses this text from John 9. We're going to go over it in a little bit because John 9 is not about receiving a vision. It's not about getting a vi vision. And so if you actually listen to the sermon of Michael Todd, he misses it. Because the sermon is not about the man he heals. And even the analogy he presents is wrong. You know, if you want to make a spiritualization of the text, okay. But he misses it. We're going to get there in a second. Um, receiving vision from God might get nasty. And he says, uh, uh, going on with the quote, he says, receiving vision from God might get nasty. You mean God? I just bought in crazy faith. I just bought my dream car and now you're going to ask me to sell it back and ride in the hoopty again? See his concerns, right? I mean, if you listen to the whole sermon, it's about materialism. What we get from God. Yeah, going over the quote as he's speaking of God. Yeah, because the vision I'm about to give you, and at this point, he's smearing the spit in his hands, guys. 
He starts to smear his spit in his hands. And guys, when I say it's a lot of spit, it's a lot. I mean, (laughs) it's hard to watch. He says, yeah, because the vision I'm about to give you might get nasty. And the crowd reacts to this because then he starts to smear it on his brother's face. I mean, it's like dripping down. I'm, I'm sorry to get graphic, but it's disturbing to watch. One thing I thought of is not only is Michael Todd kind of strange for this, but you have to be strange yourself to allow someone to spit on you. I've been spit on before. And let me tell you this, it's not a good feeling. And I won't do it freely for some man. Because I know that feeling. It's it's a disgusting feeling. You know, he's not Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's the real point I'm making. Um, so the crowd reacts, right, rightly so. Everyone in their right mind would be like, this is disturbing. Ew, ah, ah. <laughs> you know, uh, you would be a little creeped out you know but going on with the quote you know after he hears the crowd reacts he says do you hear and see the responses of people what i'm telling you is just how you reacted is how the people in your life will react when god is doing what it takes for a miracle what are you saying this man was blind and what he was trying to do with the man that is jesus is give him watch this folks dna I saw April's uh, comment on this on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, the whole sermon is trash. And I'm going to show I'm going to show from the text how trash it is. He says what Jesus is doing is trying to give the man, the blind man, DNA. One. He already has DNA. What do you mean? <laughs> you spitting on someone doesn't give them DNA. So even your example is absurd. So So he goes on, going on with the quote. Do you know how they prove who's related to each other? They get a swab of his saliva. You know what I think? I would be curious because I I, I, I would assume he believes Jesus is God. You know, most word of faithers do. Most prosperity pimps do. But I would wonder if he would say, well, this makes him God. Because you know that the prosperity gospel has the little God doctrine. So I wonder if that's some kind of connection to the DNA thing. I mean, you know, you got you got that with Kenneth Copeland and all that, but I'd be curious. I'm not trying to read into this, but I wonder if that's where he's coming from. Nevertheless, finish on with a quote. He says, God says for me to change your situation, which is blurry, I got to put my DNA on your situation, on your 22, 2022, on your plans. And he goes on a little late. So many of y'all are bothered. So many of y'all can't even look right now, right? Yes, because it's disturbing. Go and read John 9, folks. Go and read John 9. You would never come to the conclusion that Michael Todd did. You would never come to that conclusion. Let me let me show you some themes you will get. And I'm going to read a specific text. <laughs> Anthony, you made a good point that I uh, I initially said, or my wife said, all this COVID going around, right? They, If you look on their website, they got the, oh, we're following COVID protocols. But his man literally spitting in a in a in a member's face. That's that's insane. But anyways, they're not real consistent with that. Couple themes you will get from reading John nine. You will see Jesus is divine. Right. You will see the sovereignty of God. That's huge. I want to read John 9, verse 41. Because if there's some spiritualization that you want to make, here it is. Notice the conclusion Jesus makes is much different than Michael Todd. Is it about the hoopty you ride in? Is it about getting your pay grade lowered? No. Verse 41, Jesus says to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you see, but, but now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Jesus uses this example to show 
the condemnation of the Pharisees. The condemnation of those who say, who think that they, that they don't need to be healed by God, right? To those who think that they have sight apart from God. And ultimately, this is, this is ultimately Jesus saying, in order to, like, to be saved, you need to come through me. Right? Your sin remains. Notice Michael Todd completely misses it. Completely. He gives that TED talk on the, on the stage and completely, completely misses the analogy. Completely. It's not about your best life now. It's, it's none of that, Michael Todd. And so this is why I'm saying even the apology is offensive. Because the, the most offensive thing about that sermon, I mean, the most disgusting was the spit, but the most offensive was the way you handle God's word. How you butchered the text for your own convenience. That was the most disturbing part about the sermon. Guys, we're not done. I want to share with you guys something. And I got a video I want to play. Oh, matter, You know what? I'm going to play the video. I'm going to play this video because this isn't the first time Michael Todd has said something um, disturbing. Let you guys listen to this. The only reason I stand on this stage today is because I followed the pace that God set for me. And there are things that he's still shown me that I know may be years away. But I've made it. Let me let me say this. Michael Todd is not qualified to be a pastor. If you listen to him talk, it's very clear he doesn't know the Bible that well. He doesn't know the Bible well. He's not. He, and I'm saying on a basic level. And that's actually one of the qualifications of an elder. One you must be able to teach. And when, when, I, when the Bible says teach, it's not talking about their making people feel great. It's not talking about. Uh, being charismatic it's not talking about those things and so he's not qualified from that level and I've heard him on the breakfast club boy don't go listen to it I'm telling you he's pretty vulgar uh, and, and you know the breakfast club they're vulgar right I, I expect it from pagans in some sense I can handle from pagans but he claims to be a Christian he's, he's, he's talking all kinds of crazy on there with them but that's another video maybe for another time maybe one day i'll actually do a sermon <laughs> just uh we're going to go through his sermon just and go through it but yeah decision that the right thing at the wrong time is a curse you hear the crowd Woo! that's powerful that's powerful pastor he's all smiling you see what i said i got i got a i got a daughter he, he's got them eating out his hands he could say anything right now and he's going to, and they would eat it up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Some of y'all praying, oh my God, I just want my husband. I just want him to be six, six and saved. I just want him to put it down, but then like, praise God too. <sighs> I feel like Steve Lawson. Show us the real men. I, 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 I guys, I'm, I'm holding back. <laughs> I am holding back, y'all. I, I usually stay mild manner, but this makes me mad. You know what? You know what? You know what really frustrated me? The picture you're looking at right now. I'm not jealous, guys. Look at the look at look at what you're looking at right now. This saddens me. You have hundreds of people, if not thousands, sitting, smiling, cheesing at nothing, no substance, none whatsoever. None. How does this edify me to fight sin? How does this help me? Yeah, as April said. Preach the word. That's what we need. 
Sounds good, Pastor. And I, I don't, I don't want to call you that. Sounds good, but you ain't said nothing. I can go get that from Breakfast Club, uh, Pastor Todd. Give me something more. Give me something more. I don't, I don't need the world. The world can do all that. Ah. <laughs> uh. And all I'm telling you is. But guys, that's that's not even the worst of it. As concerning as what we've already seen, a bunch of. <laughs> Let me go on, guys, because. I want to spend this time preparing who God's created you to be. Because the right thing at the wrong time is a curse. Well, Pastor Rich, if he would just see what's in me, he would make me one of the speaking pastors at Voo Church. He's blinded him on purpose because there's things that if it was put on this platform, the character that's inside of you would actually come out and God's giving you an opportunity to have a character that can be able to sustain what he's called you to. But without those three things, without being patient, without persevering when it gets hard, and without following the pace that God sets, you'll never fully be able to embrace your purpose. What, what is something that you've, I mean, if you've just been listening, it's been very clear. It's been all about you, right? Embrace your purpose. The 6-6 six, six man and all, all, it's all you. Let's keep going. And this is one of the thoughts I want to end with, if it's okay. Jesus never reached his potential. Sorry, y'all. If you heard that. Hold on. That should disturb you. That should disturb you. Potential. Well, Jesus. Well, first of all, if you even want to subscribe that Jesus never reached his people. The. the I don't even have the, I mean, as is being said, that is blasphemous. But Jesus never reaches full potential. First, yeah, first of all, I, I didn't know, I didn't know there was something lacking. That's what it's there's something lacking in Jesus that he never completed. But go on, because he, he's going to try to save this. <laughs> Y'all heard my wife. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, man, I, I had to walk away. Now, I know this is messed with a lot of people theology. Yeah, because it's heretical. This is heretical. Because since I've been young, everybody's like, Mike, you need to reach your potential. Everything that God said and, and put in, inside of you, it needs to happen. But when I studied the scriptures, he never reached his potential. Jesus never reached his potential. According to Mike Todd. This, guys, I believe this sermon was in 2019. Three years ago, two and a half years ago, Mike Todd's church should have been shut down. It should have been boarded up, bolted until temporary notice. Because any pastor that can say that has issues, theological issues. When he died up on the cross, he said three words. He said, it is finished. What was finished? 
not his potential because he had the potential to overthrow Caesar. He had the potential to be a Roman guard. He had the potential to do all kinds of stuff. The thing that was finished was his purpose. Ah, did you just hear all the, the, the oohs and ahs over, over nothing? But, but he's saying, well, Jesus had the potential to, um, do all this, uh, to, to pretty much crush his enemies. But guess what, Michael Todd, Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus did the, the death on the cross was the death blow to all his enemies on the cross. When he died, he put death to death. And guess what? His enemies are reigning or Jesus is reigning and ruling over his enemies. And when he comes back, he'll consummate his victory with the final blow. Guys. Yo, th like this, this should get you mad. This, the spit is nothing in comparison to this. That's just silly, right? That's just silly. But this is dangerous. Like I said, look at look at look at the picture. That's what frustrates. That's what saddens me. The ah like you heard it from the crowd, right? As, as if there was something biblically insightful. And if you do ah uh if you don't follow the pace of God, if you don't have perseverance in hard times, if you don't get patient, you spend your life trying to fulfill your potential and you'll die never reaching your purpose. The ah, sounds good for a TED talk. I like what DeAndre says. If he says that he had the potential to do those other things, he really doesn't understand what Jesus' purpose was. And amen. He doesn't understand the purpose. <laughs> Jesus did not come to potentially take all the Roman guards out. <laughs> My man Lawrence said, he basically said Jesus ain't follow the prosperity gospel. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a second. But absolutely. Dina says, how big is this church? It looks huge. I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure there's thousands. Guys, if you don't know anything about, so I live about a couple hours. I'm in Texas, but I'm real close to Oklahoma. Uh, Tulsa may be like three, four hours away from me. Uh, Tulsa is the Bible belt of all heretical, like just about all heretical movements in America. And I, or it's the, or put it like this, Tulsa is the center of the prosperity gospel. How do I feel about Marcus Rogers? <laughs> Must be your first time here. Well, thank you, Ann. Pleasure being on the channel. Marcus Rogers is a false teacher. I have recently done videos about him if you'd be interested in checking out. Thank you for listening in, though. But Tulsa is like the hub of false teachings. And that's where his church is at, Michael Todd's. His church is in... Uh, Lub uh, Lubbock, I saw that in the comment. Oh, what's up, man? I didn't know you were in Lubbock. That's cool. Uh, his, his church is in Tulsa. When he said Jesus never reached his full potential, that would have been like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I can't take this no more. Only way we get well done, good and faithful servant, is not if we did everything we could do. It's if we did the thing that God called us to do. It's like, say something, make emphasis on the last statement. Ah, oh. yeah. Tulsa is where Oral Roberts is. Oral Roberts has a long history of prosperity gospel teaching. Um, like mid 19, 1900s, uh, maybe. Yeah, about, about mid 1900s. That's where all the Kenneth Copeland guys come from. That's where Creflo, that's where the Joe Lowsteins. It's like the university for false teachers. I, I'm not even kidding. If, matter of fact, hold on. You're going to make me prove something. I'm going to show you guys who all has come out of Oral Roberts. Uh, 
show you some alumni. All right, so Joel Osteen came out of Oral Roberts. Kenneth Copeland came out of Oral Roberts. Uh, Miles Monroe, if you don't remember Miles Monroe, Miles Monroe was a, a false teacher. He died in a, a, a plane crash, sadly, but he was a false teacher. Carlton Pearson, the universalist preacher. Uh, let's see who else. Those are some of the, the hot names. The, you know, the wow, right, right. Uh, let's see if I can have some more. Uh, Ted Haggard, famous evangelist preacher. Um, yeah, those those are the bigger names. So that's just, <laughs> that's just a, this is a small sample of the prosperity preaching that's come out of uh, Oral Roberts. Kerry Job went to uh, Oral Roberts. So guys, man. You got to know, you got to know. Yeah, heretics are us. It's like the the opposite version of the master seminary, you know. <laughs> it's like give me the church that's most not like uh master master seminary or Roberts. <laughs> so yeah. Let me see. Yeah, my brother, my pastor here, he believes the things he mentioned were comparatively greater in value than what Jesus did. He could have been a Roman guard. I'm speechless. Yeah, it's just. Yes, I I like Justin Peters. He's great. He's very good. His his stuff was very helpful when I was coming out of Word of Faith uh, theology. Uh, I want to show you something, though, guys. Because like I like I've been saying, Michael Todd is part of a bigger problem. Because people stand in the pulpits and they give just as wacky sermons, just as wacky illustrations every week, rather than just explaining the word of God, right? Preaching the word of God. Those things aren't, you know, those aren't captivating the people, you know? So they got to come up with some elaborate plan to get pagans into the church. And guess what? When the, when the church is a mess, all kind of sin is rampant because you got, you got pagans in there. You think they do church discipline? No, of course not. I want to share my screen for a second. Show you guys something. As soon as you get on the website, right? Yes. Right. And this was the sermon that was preached the clearly the vision for invasion. Right. Um, remember, I told you they had the COVID, all the COVID uh, stuff <laughs> right there. Yeah. Pep rallies every Sunday. Uh, right. He's got a book about crazy faith and maybe one day I'll look at one of those sermons, um, just to go through. But this is as soon as you go to the about us section, it's him and his wife about our pastors. Notice it says about our pastors, pastors, Michael and Natalie Todd are the lead pastors of Transformation Church based in Tulsa, Oklahoma since February 2015. So. Clearly, and people are going to be like, oh, you're reading too much into it. This, you know, they always include the, the pastor's wife into this lead pastors. Uh, but no, we're going to see why this is even more substantiated that they're OK with women pastors. And so they were entrusted with Transformation Church. From the founding pastor, Bishop Gary McIntosh, after 15 years of operation, so I guess this pastor just gave up, gave, gave his church to them. I don't know why he didn't pick a qualified man. He says their personal philosophy and driving passion is representing God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. It's interesting language, right? They aspire to reach their community, city and world with the gospel presented. Check this out in a relevant and progressive way. Now, <laughs> What do you think that means? Hmm. What do you think that that means? Okay, well, let's look at their executive staff because someone may be like, oh, you're just misreading. 
he doesn't believe his wife is a pastor. Well, let's carry on. This is the staff, guys. <laughs> the only male pastor is this guy named Charles Metcalf. You know? <laughs> uh, so him and his wife are the lead pastors. Not really. I mean, she, she's trying to stay in the pastoral office. You have another executive pastor, Bree or Bry Davis. Executive pastor in operations, Tammy McQuarters. Another uh, executive pastor in ministries, Amberly Bell. And Charles Metcalf, executive pastor. Experience? <laughs> That's strange, isn't it? How do you have a pastor over experience? Like, what, what, what does that look like? But yeah, they have, because they're diverse and inclusive, inclusive they have, uh, you know, of course, two black female pastors over the one, or actually three. They have four female pastors over the two males. And so, I, I, like I said, I think that's, I think that's strange. Yeah, and Christopher's pointing out that he does music as well. Absolutely, yep. And I've heard a, a few of his sermons where he just busts out in the sermon. So let's go here to the cultural code. So this list of core values are irrefutable ordinances for our ministry. They create filters for how our leaders make decisions in order to facilitate and implement the culture. Notice, remember, it's irrefutable ordinances. Are, these are their essentials. We, we desire that all of our staff, leaders, and members exhibit these attributes in their daily lives, influencing everything that they do for the glory of God. So transformation, we are a relevant progressive church that changed lives. So we got to say that again, right? If you didn't know, if you missed it, we're relevant, we're progressive. Hey, guys, we're not like those mean guys over there we're relevant you'll you'll like us we're cool love we love first faith we have faith in god faith in people and faith for miracles <laughs> now uh faith in people interesting i didn't know we were supposed to put our faith in people interesting anyways h-o-t we are humble open and transparent people of integrity <laughs> Yes, very uh, humble. So humble will spit on you, maybe. Generosity, we give to just give, not to get. Interesting, we're going to find out how that's uh, <laughs> uh, a bit contradictory later. Give me a second, we'll get there. Service, we use our hands to show our hearts, and occasionally some spit. No, I'm just kidding. Worship, we use our lives to express God's worth. Excellence. We hold ourselves to a very high standard in our words, appearance, and actions. <laughs> Interesting. Discipline. We are committed to structure, training, and conduct that gro produces growth. Relationship. We belong together. <laughs> what? This is an R&B album? We belong together. Some Mariah Carey? I mean... Well, y'all getting quotes from Mariah Carey, just putting it up on the website, like, uh, honor. We reverence God, value people, and demonstrate our gratitude. Fun. We enjoy it all. We enjoy it. You want to know what's missing from this list? In an explicit manner? Jesus! <laughs> yeah. Isn't that wild? Look at all these, right, core values, right, that we must have. Jesus isn't mentioning anyone explicitly. The scriptures, I'm not mentioning any. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is sad, guys. Let's move on, though. No word, no Jesus in the cultural code that you must have. Let's go to concrete. And they have a general. If you go to every. Any church, they all have a general. Um, doctrinal statement. And guess what? Half the people that have these don't agree with them. 
I've you go to Joel Osteen churches or his website, he has a doctrinal statement. Half these guys don't agree or adhere to their doctrinal statement. But it's always like the same version. <laughs> you ever notice that? Our my our, my church's doctrinal statement. Let me see if I can uh do we have it on our website? Give me a second, guys. Uh you guys gonna make me type it in. Come on, Landon. We gotta we gotta fix this, brother. All right. Let me see if it's uh this is our statement of faith. It's uh <laughs> many PDFs long. Uh, I'm not even gonna and I'm not saying our church is a standard, I'm just showing you the difference in because we we actually want people to know what we believe. This is our uh church statement it's a uh, <laughs> 11 pages long uh so it's meant to actually tell you what we believe you know what i mean i mean i i, I don't i hate going to churches or you know trying to figure out what they believe and you, you actually don't know about about what they believe you know you're so that, that's what i'm saying this is just a very quick it's like this is a page long but i did find something interesting I did find something interesting. Where is it at? Uh, <laughs> if you guys can see this, um, look what it says: fivefold ministry. So now, when I told you guys that Tulsa is the whole hub of prosperity gospel teachings, he gives a shout out. Right here to the fivefold ministry. This is this is code language for we believe in like the word word of faith uh, gospel. We, we we believe in word of faithisms. So the fivefold ministry positions of apostles. Like there are currently apostles walking around. Apparently, I mean, I guess there's not twelve. There's in capital way apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are. Gifts given to each local church and the universal. So I guess you have apostles of the universal church and, you know, the, the local church. You got 12 apostles. You got apostles rocking around in your uh, church. It's interesting. You got, you got prophets, modern day prophets, people who hear from God in, in an authoritative sense. I mean, I don't know what the scripture's for, but anyways, um, these gifts are for the equipping of believers to spread the gospel of Christ. I mean, I don't know how our church has been doing it and, and many of your church has been doing it without these, you know, these fivefold and, and many of the, the ones I'm really objecting to of our apostles and prophets. Notice this, though, because um, I, I said they believe in women pastors. What does this statement say? We believe both men and women are sovereignly chosen by God. For these ministry positions, that is, the fivefold offices. So guess what? Women apostles, even though you didn't have any in the scripture, I mean, if you want to make a, a clear argument on, there were no women apostles. Let's be real. And so, yeah, they believe in women pastors. None of these texts are actually arguing for women pastors just let me let me let me make that clear <laughs> um so yeah um let's continue health and prosperity because i told you these, these they were i told you this church is word of faith prosperity like i said the the bigger issue is their theology friends not the spit and i i i i haven't seen a video and not saying it's not out there right i didn't i didn't watch everyone's but I haven't seen a video where this has been tackled when it came to the spit issue. This issue wasn't the main focus. It was the spit. And I get it, right? I get it. But notice it says, we believe that as part of Christ's work for, of salvation, it is the Father's will for believers to become whole, healthy, and successful in all areas of life. So guess what? And let me show you how this usually works. Because you're giving all your money to the church, right? Giving your last cent, all your energy. 
You get, I mean, let's be honest. Most people get overran and overworked in word of faith churches because of things like this. Because you got to do it right for the blessing. You know, that, that, that don't come free. <laughs> you got to sow a seed for that blessing. It, it, it don't come free. So remember when they said they just give just to give? No. Yes, uh, Dina, I uh, actually played that video in the beginning. I played that beginning. So if you want to uh, recheck this video out from the beginning uh, when you get time, that'd be great. Because, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I wanted to be up clear, honest, that he did apologize. But I showed how it was actually contradictory uh, to some things. And, you, and you'll see. So if you check it out. So hope you check it out. But, yeah, Prosperity Gospel one-on-one right is you got to sow a seed to get your greed right <laughs> if you want the money you got to give some honey i don't know <laughs> something like that <laughs> you know I'm, i don't even know you know it's just like what bro what are you talking about man i'm sorry i don't know but yes you have to in order to get uh you know the financial the health the success you have to throw a seed and guess what when even when you're doing all that you'll be doing all the things according to their uh and you're good dina no problem uh even when you're giving all your time energy success all all all, all that guess what's going to happen they're going to blame you oh you don't have enough faith that's why it ain't happening bill for speed says have i heard of marjo absolutely i would encourage if you have not, guys, seen Marjo, if you have not seen Marjo, you need to watch it. It's a documentary. Last I checked, it's on YouTube for free. That movie, that documentary was like, wow. I'm not going to spoil it. But Marjo was actually excellent when I was coming out of a Word of Faith Prosperity teacher to show the, the evilness of a lot of these false teachers. You know, and so. So, yeah, he affirms the prosperity gospel, right? That, you know, if, you know, and continuing on with that, right? If you're not getting the success you want, they always blame you, right? <laughs> Just like a charlatan. They always blame you. It's, it's never their, it's never their false doctrine that's the problem. It's always you, right? Or someone, uh, I, like, I like what Malachi says. Or they tell you have to be patient. 35 years later, some people are still bleeding that money. That's right. No, it's Marjo. I'll, I'll put it in the comments here. Hold on. I'm not going to, uh, like I said, I, I, I want you guys to check it, but l just let you know it has my, uh, it has my my endorsement, the K Dub All Things Theology endorsement for Marjo documentary. <laughs> and so, yeah, check that out when you guys get the chance. But guys, I I, I wanted to show many of you guys know who've been watching my channel for any extended time that I came out of false teaching as word of faith theology, and I I know the burden that it puts on people. I know what's going. I don't have to be. I don't have to be at uh, his church to know what's going on because it happened to me. It happened to me, y'all. <laughs> the saint, the burdens putting on you to serve. Guys, I was like, I was I was young when I first became a Christian. I was 19. I first and I first got involved in a word of faith church. No, my, my mom wasn't making me go. Nobody was making me go to church. I was going every Sunday, every Wednesday, sometimes Saturday. Serving all the time. Using my gifts. Just getting out overworked, no pay. And I wasn't asking for pay. That's not the point. But, you know, you, you well, how come I ain't having all the money y'all talking about? It seemed like, you, and here's the reality. Uh, the prosperity gospel is a pyramid scheme. It is a pyramid scheme. Absolutely it is. Um. If you haven't heard the song False Teachers by Shylin, that also has my endorsement. But Shylin does a great job showing in that just in that song. 
Honey for the Money. Y'all like that one? <laughs> uh, Shaolin does in that song just to show the, 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 the greed of many of the people in that. That Jesus is a means to an end for them. And that's finances. That's that's success. And and all these guys flaunt their success openly, man. They're, they're proud about it. They're proud about it. But yeah, it's a pyramid scheme. It's because guess what? Pyramid scheme only benefit the top people. It's the Christian pyramid scheme. And guys, don't get involved in pyramid schemes. That's one. But spiritually, pyramid schemes are worse. Right. Because they they promise you a product. Right. They're just they're selling. They're selling something. They're selling Jesus, which is the sad part. Jesus is not nothing to be bought, but they're sell. But they're using Jesus to sell you materials, materialism. Matter of fact, let me uh, let me let me quote some lines from Shy in that song. Because I, I think it is an excellent, excellent song. So good, man. So good. Uh, he says, I like the, uh, so, cause this is where I got the pyramid scheme from. <laughs> I like, he says, turn off TBN. That channel is overrated, <laughs> right? Turn off TBN, y'all. Uh, th they're not giving you anything that's good. Um, let's see where that, where's that line at? Oh. oh well he says this uh it's so he says you want to know what all false teachers call got in common it's called selfism the fastest growing religion they just dress it up and call it christian don't be don't be deceived by this funny biz if you come to jesus for your money that he's not your God, money is. That's so true. If you come to Jesus for money, he's not your God, money is. Turn off TBN, that channel was overrated. The pastor speak bogus statements, financially motivated. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme. Visualize heretics Christianizing the American dream. Bro, that song is powerful. Y'all need to check it out if you have it. Y'all have it. Y'all need to check it out, man. Y'all need to check it out. But it doesn't seem that Michael Todd does know the gospel. He, it, I, I watched this video because I was preparing a little for this and just kind of gaining more who he is. Watched a video of him getting the, receiving the church. And from his explanation, it seemed like, man, the guy didn't know even then the Bible that well. You know? Like, you know, I mean, I'm just being real. The guy does not know his Bible. And guess what? Neither do the people in the church. I remember when I was in the word of faith, prosperity, gospel stuff at the age of 19. <laughs> Scary, huh? I was being groomed right to be a to be one of them. But I escaped <laughs> escaping a cult. I remember asking certain questions. Basic questions, guys. And I was never able to be get a good answer, you know. Um, and and so what what I'm saying is, and and it's very common in prosperity gospel churches that the whole of God's revelation is not known, but they'll know past passages like in First John three that talk about prosperity, and right they assume that it means financial. They'll know he's made me the head and not the tail, right? They'll know those verses. Jeremiah 17, 9, right? He has a plan for me, right? They'll know those verses. But you take them out of their comfort zone, <laughs> right? You take them out of their comfort zone. You want to see somebody scramble, right? Oh, oh. right. And, and, and what I'm not saying is that people aren't growing at different rates, I get it. True believers are growing. So guess what? At year one, you're probably not going to know every verse in the Bible. Or you may not never know that. So I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying they don't have a full orbed grasp, a, a, a decent, like a, a good handling 
on the Bible to deal with certain things, you know? And so, I mean, when I came, when I, when I, when I uh, came out of uh, that stuff, I realized that, man, I, I don't really know the Bible. I was in it for like a couple years and and that's when I realized, man, I don't really know. I, I don't know the Bible that well. Oh yeah, that happened to me too. I lost friends. <laughs> they spread rumors about me when I left, uh, all sorts of things. And so, um, but crazy to see where many of those people are now. Many of those people aren't even cl claiming to be Christian. Or if they do, if they do, it's even in a more progressive and relevant way, you know. And so, and so, yeah, man, um, <laughs> it's sad. The prosperity gospel will not endure your faith. It does not have a theology to um, articulate suffering. Because in prosperity gospel, you're not supposed to suffer. I mean, Joyce Meyer has clearly taught that. Suffering is of the, of the devil. But you read the Bible and it's like, man, if we, you know, you desire to be, be like God, you, you'll suffer. As a matter of fact, it's the will of God you suffer. As a matter of fact, you read Philippians, it's... He grants suffering. What what do you mean grant? I'm not supposed to suffer. I'm I'm the head. I don't confess the sickness over me. All that stuff. I heard it all, guys. All this. You, prosperity gospel condemns it. Suffering is like heresy. God God won't God won't allow his children to suffer. Sounds good. Philosophically, emotionally. Um you know, and so until you get into the text and you're like, I mean, the apostles seem to suffer greatly, <laughs> the, you know, and so it doesn't make sense in light of the Bible. I remember asking a, a, a popular uh, prosperity gospel uh, teacher here, you know, about that. He matter of fact, his so I, read, I live in a, uh, near Frisco and he um, Joe Losing has come to this area by the way and he he's, he he went to that church years ago this is years ago though and i remember uh seeing him at a cheesecake factory <laughs> i saw him in the mall cheesecake factory and i said hey man i just like to ask you a question i was very uh, approachable just like this and i said hey man i, I just want to know like um because he's telling me because we were talking we were talking and uh i asked him about the prosperity gospel and i was like how do you reconcile that in light of the Bible about suffering and the apostles, you know, not, not really living, living that. Oh, and he, he pretty much ignored the question and kind of went on, on to about his ministry and what they doing in Africa. And, and I was like, Oh, you're teaching that in Africa. And he was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was just like, all right, have a good day. But my heart was grieved. My heart was very grieved after hearing that because that's the, all our bad theology gets imported to Africa. <laughs> All the bad theology gets gets goes straight to Africa. And guess what? We we they they become the cesspool, so to speak, the sewage of all the bad theology in America. All the TBN stuff goes straight to America, guys. It's it's sad. So man, I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Make sure to like it. Subscribe to the channel if you're not. Click the notification bell so you can be aware when I drop content. Man, I got some good stuff coming up. So be aware. <laughs> can you imagine Michael Todd having a baby with a Hebrew? He's like, oh, that would be embarrassing. Uh, he he probably, oh, that would be so embarrassing. I, I don't pray that for him. <laughs> I don't pray that for his soul. Um, who knows what would happen? But I pray that he would repent. Uh, guess what? You may run into people who are. Michael Todd devotees and, and and they're out there guys you got those Joel Osteen devotees the Creflo devotees to where they'll defend that you know but uh yeah I got some good stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks I got a I got a interview coming up with a uh son of a Hebrew Israelite his father is a Hebrew Israelite and his son is not his son is is confesses Jesus as Lord he's he's saved and so that's coming up I'm trying to plan an interview with uh, someone to talk about Charles Spurgeon and give you some history on that. Let's see what else I got coming up. Uh, let me let me check. 
Let me check, cause man, I I I want you guys to become, you know, I, oh, I want to do a video on how to find a good church, the importance of the local church, what is the local church. We're gonna continue the series on Ishan. I got some more stuff to bring to you the attention. Uh, we're gonna break down Deuteronomy twenty eight in that video as well. Um, oh, oh yeah, uh, Reform Tucson is a new song up for download or stream other than YouTube. I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Uh, but for now, make sure you check out the song Clean. Uh, just dropped it. Working to get it on iTunes and Spotify, stuff like that. And so, so yeah, man, you guys know how we do it here at All Things Theology, man. Till the next time. Grace and peace, y'all. Grace and peace. Grace and peace, man. Till the next time. Grace and peace, y'all.